What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Comics in Reverse. My name is Dalton Wires. Got a couple of guests with me again today. Uh, we've got Alex Brooks in the house. Hey, hey, hey. What's going on? Hey, man. And we got Andrew, you next? Tom, this one's for you. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't, we don't have Tom with us today, but I'm sure he will appreciate that whenever he hears it. Uh, and today on a Monday, talk about Thor Ragnarok. Uh, we've got this one coming in at 17th in the MCU, so we've only got six more to do after this, and we got to find something else to talk about. Um, this is the fifth one in Phase 3, uh, once again produced by Mr. Kevin Feige, directed by Taika Waititi, who's also got a cameo in here. Well, I guess it's more of a supporting role than it is cameo. But um, Box office on this, it produced $854 million against the budget of $180 million, so just about standard for every MCU movie. Um, rankings on this one, Alex, where did you have this one? I have this all the way up at number 10. That's pretty high. I really enjoyed Ragnarok. And, you know, I, I was not a fan of going to see it when I saw the trailer. I was like, you know, this is just going to be cool, horrible. I was not impressed with the trailer, but once I actually sat down and watched it, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on the trailer being underwhelming. Um, I actually have it at 11, so right about where you do. Pretty close. I would agree with all the points that you made. I think that the in the inclusion of the Hulk was pretty good as well. Uh, they could have overdid it, but I think it was pretty good. Andrew, what did you think? You know, you guys are mentioning the trailer. I, I don't remember the trailer off the top of my head, but this is a top-tier movie for me. I, I just watched it. I'm re-watching these with my daughter, and I think we're two movies out from this. Um, I absolutely love this movie. I you say ten, eleven on on your rankings, and I'm like, well, it could be above this, but I mean, there's a lot of solid movies that you could put above it. I, it's just it's a top tier movie for me. I loved it from beginning to end. Um, this is actually one of the few few movies, and and I'm sure we'll get into it where they talk about multiple uh, stories and they combine it so well, and I I loved it from beginning to end. Yeah, you're not kidding about that mixing storylines together, but usually that doesn't work very well, but uh, I think they did a pretty good job here. Oh, yeah. We'll definitely jump into that. Uh, we got a few new characters to talk about. Um, Kate Blanchett as Gila. Um, we got Jeff Goldblum coming in as Grandmaster, who I think was an excellent addition. Uh, Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie. We get Carl Urban as Scourge. And then we get a few more returning characters. Uh, Mark Ruffalo as Hulk. Tom Hiddleston comes back, of course. Anthony Hopkins as Odin, and we get Clancy Brown voicing Surtur. Uh, we had a few interesting cameos in this one. I'm sure you missed a couple of them, but you might have picked up on a couple of these. If you're familiar with um, the Jurassic Park at all, you might have noticed that Sam Neill played Odin in that little uh, goofball play that Loki was having put on. Did you guys notice this? I caught that. I thought it was hilarious. And they had Matt Damon as Loki in that play? And uh, Luke Hemsworth actually is, he's, he's, uh, Chris Hemsworth's brother. I don't remember if he's older or younger, though. He was playing Thor. Either of you guys know if he was older or younger? Not off the top of my head. R real quick on the Matt Damon. Do you think that Loki went to Earth and took the actual Matt Damon and had him come back and, and saw it on display? <laughs> or... <laughs> he might have. That's pretty funny. 
Matt Damon would probably be like, you know what, Asgard? Sure, why not? <laughs> That's pretty funny. I hadn't thought about like anything like that. That's pretty funny. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch comes back as Doctor Strange. This is a pretty hilarious scene that we'll talk about. And then Stan Lee's cameo. Uh, it's pretty funny. I wouldn't say it's one of the best. I, I'd agree. It's funny, but one of the best. I, we just had the Watcher one. Uh, that's probably top tier for me. So I think Thor was actually more funny in this cameo bit than, than Thor <laughs> was. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. Well, jumping into the plot, this is about two years after the Battle of Sokovia. Um, Thor has been has let himself be captured by uh, Surtur, um, who tells Thor that Odin is no longer on Asgard and that Ragnarok is about to be seen through. Um, once Surtur takes his crown and matches it with the eternal flame that's in Odin's vault, um, Thor frees himself at this point, steals the crown, and thinks he's prevented Ragnarok. Um, which he actually has. Um, Thor returns to Asgard at this point and finds that Heimdall is gone and Loki is posing as Odin. Um, and he exposes Loki, and I want to talk about that for a second. This is actually a pretty cool scene, and it comes straight out of the comics, uh, Thor number 359, uh, called Murder by Mjolnir, and it happens more than once in the comics as well, um, where he like basically calls Mjolnir from the back of Odin's head, and it like comes flying toward him, and it obviously will impale him if he doesn't move. I thought that was a pretty intense scene, and it was hilarious. Also, yeah, that was funny because you know he played cool the whole time until it starts getting close, and he's like, "All right, I yield," like ducks out of the way. It's a pretty good way to use his hammer, too. I mean, it doesn't stop for anything. So, I mean, even if you're another god or or little god. I mean, your face isn't going to stop the hammer. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely not. And I love the reactions of everyone around him once he switches back to to Loki. Everyone's like, oh, my God. Nobody had a clue. Surprise. At this point, um, Thor forces him to help find Odin because they don't really know where he is. And they go to Earth. And Stephen Strange intercepts Thor and tells him, hey, basically, we I have a list of all these people that I don't want on Earth, and your brother's one of them. You need to get him the hell out of here. Um, and basically, uh, Thor tells uh, Stephen Strange that they're looking for Odin, and Odin's like, oh, he's in... And the Strange is like, oh, he's in Norway. Here you go. Here's a little portal, and I'll just send you on your way. And so they meet with Odin in Norway, and uh, he explains to Thor and to Loki that he's dying and that Ragnarok is imminent despite Thor's efforts to prevent it. Um, and this is going to come about in a way that was unexpected and I think really cool. Um, he also reveals right before he dies that he has a daughter named Hela, who uh, once he dies will be freed from the prison that he put her in. Um, and then it goes into showing us back in the day, Hela used to fight with Odin. Uh, he conquered the Nine Realms together. Uh, but Odin imprisoned her and rewrote that history, fearing that she had become a little bit too ambitious, a little more powerful than uh, she should have been. And once he dies and Hela appears, they get into a short little tussle. And this was a very interesting scene. Thor throws Mjolnir at her. She catches it and shatters it like it's a piece of glass. I was taken aback by this. What did you guys think? I think this is the one moment I remember from the trailers. And I did not like seeing that in the trailers. But 
I mean, it also goes to show just how powerful she is at that point. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's shocking. But if you're a fan of Thor, you've seen him wield several other weapons throughout throughout his timeline. Um, so immediately when that happens, it's like, what is he going to get? Like, there's there's several options. Where, where are we going? Um, but for it to happen and like that, it, it was pretty crazy. I also like that the the test scene that they had with Odin dying, he was supposed to die in, in an alley a couple of blocks away from Stephen Strange. Right. And when they did that test scene, the audience, I mean, some liked it, some didn't, and, and them changing it to, to Norway, I, I think, played a lot better. 100%. And it kind of sets up um, new Asgard as well. Alex, did you have anything on that? Yeah, I whenever I saw that in the trailer, I was like, that that was part of my problem with it that I I didn't want to watch the movie because I thought it was cheap. I was like, look, we don't know anything about Hela, and anybody who doesn't know anything about Norse mythology has absolutely no idea. And she just catches Thor's hammer like it's nothing. So I that that was part of my problem with. It. I thought it was cheap, but once you actually watch the movie, you start to see how powerful she really is. I guess this would be a good example of a, a trailer doing a disservice to a movie. I wonder how much it could have done if the trailer had been better. Something True. To think about. Soundtrack awesome, but like I said, it it's one of those trailers that you go in and, and I feel like they almost gave too much away at that point. Yeah, you show Hella, but do you show that pivotal moment with the hammer breaking? I, yeah. I, I just disagree with that. That reminds me, I skipped right over the soundtrack, didn't I? You did. You did. My you, bad. You so and so. I'm uh, I'm a bitch. That's okay. It, it happens. <laughs> so uh, the soundtrack on this I thought was fantastic, and I had no idea who had done it until I I did some research, and it's Mark's Mark Mothersbaugh, who for those of you who don't know was the keyboard player in Devo, a really top band in nineteen in the nineteen eighties. And I didn't know he did anything after Devo, but he did a lot. Any other big movies? Uh, let's big movies, not so much. More so TV shows. It's like huh. he did. Uh, he did the entire soundtrack for Rugrats from '91 to 2006. Nice. Rug, okay. Rugrats, Rocket Power. Uh, he even did the soundtrack oh, so for the regular show. A lot show. of our childhoods. Yes, this is our childhood creator. <laughs> wow. Um, see, and also, no, go ahead. I see you're you're talking about soundtracks, and I'm just thinking of the the most iconic song ever in here. So. Oh yeah, and you know the name of it escapes me. <laughs> You know what? Now it's now it's completely gone from my mind too. Which is, uh, was it immigrant song? Um, complete. me. I yeah. It, with this one. It, yeah, immigrant song by uh, yeah. Led Zeppelin. One of the most uh, th- see. This is one of the one of the few things on on soundtracks that I'm I'm actually well versed on is just how difficult it is to get Led Zeppelin any of their songs in your movie. I think there's what four, four instances that they have lent 
they're a song to a movie and it's pretty crazy what people have had to do to get their songs into the movie. Yeah. Holy cow. I found another section. I know how much they had to pay. Yeah. That would be interesting to know. Uh, I I know it's extremely expensive. Um, I want to say I talked to Dalton. It's, it was one of the biggest parts of their budget is getting that song for the trailers for, for everything. And the only thing I can think of that um, they had said about it was uh, they had flown out and showed them, uh, I guess it was some part of the movie or the trailer that had the song going. Um, and they just, they thought it was awesome and agreed to it, which is better than, you know, Jack Black had to get on his knees and send them a video of him begging them <laughs> to let him use, use the song in uh school of rock. So um, it's pretty crazy. Also, uh, they have they have Mark Mothersbaugh on the hook for the the next Thor movie, Love and Thunder. So oh, that should deal. be sweet. I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with that. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I forgot where I was. Oh, uh, Hela appears, shatters the the hammer like glass. At this point, Loki panics like a little bitch and summons the Bifrost, not realizing that Hela is going to follow them directly to Asgard at this point. Um, and Hela believes Loki and Thor to be dead at this point because they all they scattered and they didn't go to Asgard. Um, but she shows up and really demonstrates her power as if shattering Mjolnir as, like it was glass was not enough. She destroys the entire Asgardian army, including the Warriors 3. And it was absolutely didn't even break a sweat. And then she goes down beneath Asgard and resurrects these old bones that fought with her before, including a giant wolf named Fenris, and appoints the only living member of the guard as her executioner. His name was Scourge. Uh, and at this point, Heimdall steals the Bifrost sword to prevent Hela from using it and hides in the arrest of the Asgardian citizens. I cannot believe what she's done to demonstrate her power, and it's absolutely insane. So, just a, a little note to throw in here um, about the wolf, Fenris. The wolf mm-hmm. uh, is actually Fenrir in Old Norse. They they switched the R and the S. Fenrir is, or Fenris and... is actually referenced in a lot of Norse mythology. To piggyback off that, in the comics, he's actually uh, her brother and not a wolf. Really? Yep, and they're actually uh, Loki's children as well, right? Yes. Yeah, it it gets absolutely crazy with that for for anybody that hasn't read the comics. You know, being Loki's children, he he turns wolf, but he turns human. Like he can morph. Mm-hmm. Um, he can grow bigger than Asgard. Um. You know, all sorts of things, but you know, this is one of those changes that they make in the MCU and on screen. It it works a lot better than trying to explain, hey, these are Loki's kids and uh here's their powers and all this. So I mean it, it's one of the welcome changes I I would think. I I don't think I've seen anybody argue and say that it was a change that was for the worse. No, no, no I don't agree. Sometimes it's better to keep it simple. Yep. Yeah, it's a lot simpler here. One one thing uh, before moving on, um, I thought it was funny when she when she appointed Scourge as the executioner. Um, 
she goes in and she goes, uh, smart boy with good survival instincts. Um, and, and all I could think about is he literally dies in every movie he's in. <laughs> I know. <right? laughs> so, uh, no spoiler warning there or foreshadowing. <laughs> um, but when she says that, I just, I had to, I had to die laughing right there. Um, and then also when he was talking, he was showing his uh, M16s off to the girls, and he's like, uh, "This one's called uh, Dez, and this one's called Troy." And I'm, and he's like, "When you put them together, it's destroy." And all I'm, th- all I can think about is, what did he say? He he went to the land of Texas, and uh, so the football in me, I'm over here thinking he says Dez and he says Troy, and I'm I'm thinking Dez Bryant and Troy Aikman you know for <laughs> that played oh, for the wow. cowboys yeah and and i'm pretty i don't know if that was supposed to be a reference or or what but um i just i thought it was funny uh, man i miss football right now dude <laughs> me too <laughs> uh but at least we have all this going on so uh moving on from there uh thor crashes into sakar uh garbage planet surrounded by wormholes um, a slave trader known as Scrapper 142 uses an uh, obedience disc to subdue Th- Thor and sells him to the Grandmaster for the Contest of Champions. Before his battle, Thor recognizes that Scrapper 142 is actually a Valkyrie, one of the female warriors who were wiped out against Hela eons ago. Thor faces Hulk in, in his battle and summons his lightning to get the upper hand before the Grandmaster interferes and ensures Hulk's victory. Very cheap right there, but... Man, that was a great little fight. It was awesome. Nothing was better uh, than Thor. his reaction when Thor walks out. He's like, yes! And everyone's like totally confused. Oh, he's he, a friend from work. Yeah. Now, wasn't that... He got that line from... Uh, was it a Make-A-Wish uh, kid? or so, It was something like that. He They were they tested a bunch of different lines, and that was the line that, um, that was recommended. And, I mean, you watched the movie. It it's absolutely phenomenal. Loki's like, oh god, I have to get off this planet. <laughs> oh man, that, that whole scene, uh, just phenomenal. Um, the Thor remains imprisoned, but tries to convince Hulk and Valkyrie to help him save Asgard, but neither will help him. He escapes and finds the Quinjet that brought Hulk to Sakaar, where an old message from Natasha causes Hulk to turn back into Banner for the first time in two years. The Grandmaster orders Loki and Valkyrie to find Thor and Hulk, but the two get into it and Valkyrie takes Loki captive after he forces her to relive the deaths of her fellow Valkyrie. This also persuades her to help Thor. Once they meet up, Loki provides the group with the means to steal one of the Grandmaster's ships so they can escape through the Devil's Anus. (laughs) (laughs) What's that? I love when when they're going towards it. They're, he's like, go towards the big one. She's like, or somebody was like, that's the devil's anus. He's like, to be fair, I didn't know it was named that. <laughs> oh, man. Whenever they're trying to escape and they're trying to figure out, you know, how to get to the ship, and Thor's like, let's do. I need help. <laughs> Loki's like, no, I hate that one. <laughs> steps out of the elevator he's like I need my brother needs help please help and he just throws him at him <laughs> uh there's there's so many good moments in that so many so many one-liners it, oh yeah oh man 
All right, so here we go. Uh, Korg and Meek are re- recruited and willing to help in the revolution because Korg's been bringing up bringing it up since we meet Korg. Uh, they find Loki left behind after he attempted to betray Thor. Thor saw this coming and left without him, as usual. Uh, Thor, Banner, and the Valkyrie escape through the wormhole where Hela and her undead army are attacking Heimdall and the Amazing Asgardians in an attempt to get the sword for the Bifrost back. So Banner transforms into the Hulk again in a hilarious way. <laughs> uh, yep. And just attempts to defeat Fenris while Thor and Valkyrie fight Hela and her army. Loki and the rest of the revolutionaries arrive to rescue the citizens and Scourge kind of uh, takes a turn here and helps them escape, resulting in catching a sword to the chest from Hela. Big shocker. I was shocked. Oh. Yeah. Right. Thor loses his right eye in the battle with Hela and sees a vision from Odin allowing him to realize that Ragnarok is the only way to defeat Hela. He sends Loki to retrieve Surtur's crown and place it in the eternal flame. We see Loki looking at the Tesseract and you can see his inner turmoil. And Surtur is reborn reborn, and destroys Asgard, killing himself and Hela while Thor and the refugees flee. Now that Thor is king and reconciles with Loki on board the Grandmaster's ship, they decide to take the citizens of Asgard to Earth, where they will create new Asgard. That little uh, look that you see him looking at the Tesseract, you didn't realize it at the time, but he apparently steals it. And that turns into something huge because just pause for a second and think about what would have happened if he hadn't taken it and it had been destroyed. Everything could have been prevented that was about to happen. Would it have been destroyed, though? If Uh, it hadn't been destroyed, it would have been a lot more difficult to find at the very least. Yeah, I I don't think it would have been destroyed because you can't really destroy an Infinity Stone without the other Infinity Stones. Well, Wanda destroys the Mind Stone. It gets undone. Point but she did do it. Yeah, there, there's a a very specific means to destroy Infinity Stones, and it's not easy. But this is going on off of what I had talked about, you know, in a in a cast a while ago. Is just how powerful Wanda Maximoff is. Um, Scarlet Witch is is a top three, you know, powerhouse in in the Marvel universe. Um, and at that point. You know, in the movies, you know, she's getting more power, but it's still at this point, we we haven't seen the tip of the iceberg with her, so. No, definitely not. She's going to, I hope she stays around for a long time. I think she's going to be one of the key members going forward, for sure. Oh, I would um, agree. The The things that could happen with, with her and storylines, you know, keep her around. I, I love it. And she's a pretty young actress, so. They can keep her around for as long as they want. Uh, post credit scenes on this one, there were two. Um, first one, Thor and Loki are talking about going to Earth and establishing the new Asgard colony. And they look up and they see Thanos' ship coming towards them, which I know, I think, Andrew, you mentioned this last time, that a lot of people were saying that it they didn't think it was Thanos' ship. I don't know what they thought it was. 
Yeah, I don't I don't understand who else you would have thought it was at that point. I mean, we've been building and building and building and even my six year old is sitting here and, and everything that's popping up with Thanos, she's like, <gasps> Thanos is coming. Um so we haven't made it to this movie with her yet, but um I I guarantee that when we do, she's she's immediately gonna know. I have no idea what these people were thinking. Um, with it being help, I I think people, some people had mentioned it was the Guardians of the Galaxy, and and all of this is like, no, we've seen that shit before. That's a hundred percent Thanos. What what are you, what are you talking about? Yeah, I don't know. See, the the problem I have with that part is like, it, I don't I don't know how they could know it's Thanos because, had, I don't think they had actually seen Thanos before this, have they? Because Loki was employed, more or less, by the other who reported to Thanos, but never actually saw Thanos. Oh, the We're the group about fans. Yeah, the the oh, group in the yeah. ship. Yeah, probably had no idea. Loki may or may not have once he saw the ship. Um, but as far as everybody else, I mean Heimdall with his sight. I, nobody else would have would have even had any clue, but. Uh, fan wise, you know, sitting there and and I remember in theater watching that scene and being like, "Holy crap! Like this is actually happening." Um, we are at this point, um, which we're still a couple of movies off from from seeing what happens. But um, people sitting next to me, that's like, "Who who was on that ship? What is that ship?" And I'm like, "Are you, are you what?" That's that's Thanos. Like, are you are you smoking crack? Like, have we been watching the same movies? <laughs> Where are you? Yeah, agreed. I never had any doubt as to who it was, and I I wouldn't have. I couldn't even think of who it might have been. I couldn't even speculate as to it being anybody else. I'm pretty sure after after you saw it, I think we were still working together at that point and and fangirling yeah. about it. So, um, that was that was pretty funny. I think the second post credit scene is pretty funny too. The Grandmaster crawls out of the rubble, and he's giving this hilarious speech about how uh, they finally put together a rebellion. Good for them. It was a tie. It was pretty funny. <laughs> you can't have a rebellion without <laughs> without a bad leader or whatever he said. <laughs> it's like I commend you. Let's let's just say it was a tie. <laughs> oh man. Um, Easter eggs in this one. I'm sure Andrew's got a whole list of them. What you got, man? Oh man, I I do. Some of them were covered, like the uh, the Hello and Fenris being Loki's kids. Um, I'll skip that one. I I see that you've got it. Uh, the Grandmaster follower Topaz. Um, it's the angry lady that's always standing next to him. That's handing him what is it? The rod of disintegration. Um. She is greatly different than the comic version, um, but her color scheme at the end um, fits right in. Uh, there's a couple of characters that they've got in here that they've just they've altered um, slightly, whether it's uh, color schemes or or just their personalities. Like Korg, uh, Korg from the um, from oh now I can't even think, uh, from Planet Hulk is a completely different, he's not a comedic relief character at all. Oh. Um, and the way that they've made him out to be in the movie uh, is one of those changes that we've already got enough powerhouse characters in there um, 
that it helps having that that comedic relief. I mean, he's when when Loki's in there trying to visit um, Thor, and he's not there, and and he comes running around the circle. And he's like, "Piss off, ghost!" and kicks the wall. <laughs> it's it's just one of those great lines right there. I I love it. It works for me. Um, Meek is slightly different. Um, he's he's much more bug than than robot. Um, but it's another one of those. It it just works. Um, Sakaar is the actual planet for Planet Hulk. This is, you know, you're combining Ragnarok and Planet Hulk in this movie. And just as we had talked about, there's several other movies and franchises, um, uh, that combine way too many storylines and try and make it work. And it's all over the place and it just doesn't work. But this movie did a fantastic job with combining the two storylines, um, weaving them together and, and just blowing it out of the water. Um, Hulk isn't Hulk doesn't go to Sakaar on his own in the comics. Reed Richards and Tony Stark sends him to Sakaar because of how dangerous he is. Um, and what's interesting is after all of that, he comes back and just beats the everlasting piss out of all of them. Um, Dr. Strange tries to battle with them in his mind, but, um, he separates Bruce Banner and, and the Hulk. Um, so Dr. Strange is dealing with Banner and Hulk's over here trying to rip his arms off. Um, I want to say it was Black Adam, um, that he fought on the moon before he even got there. Um, Black Adam, the DC character? Or not, not Black Adam, um. Oh, no, I can't. I can't think of his name. He he fights somebody on the moon, um, and just I mean he goes on a a rampage, um, and his whole thing was to come back and and take revenge on on Tony Stark. He has um, mm-hmm. Meek and Korg and all of his warriors with him, um, and just shows up. It I mean it's it, Planet Hulk is a fantastic story. If you have not read it or or watched it, there's an animated film on it. Um, do that. I think it's one of the two or three actual solo Hulk um, stories that I've actually read. Yeah, it's it's, too many. it's fantastic. Um, the Umbrella, um, every time Thor's on, on Earth, the Umbrella is actually comic accurate. Um, he disguises his hammer as, as an Umbrella. Um, he'll tap it on the ground and change from, from his Asgardian wardrobe to uh, suits and, and other attire. Um, so it's a, a cool little nod there. Uh, Throg, uh, the Frog Thor, um, they had mentioned, you know, when, when he was turned into a frog, um, that is an actual thing in the comics too. Um, Thor gets turned into a frog, isn't able to, to get back to his hammer. Um, and when he does, um, I believe it was a shard, um, is left behind and one of the frogs was somehow deemed worthy and given Thor powers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so that's an actual actual thing in the uh, MC MC timeline. Um, the bilge snipe we've heard Thor talk about this several times, um, where he's like, "It's big, nasty, uh, has teeth all over the place." Um, when you first meet Valkyrie, um, and she goes to put her hand down, and she falls through that carcass, um, that's actually a bilge snipe. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty interesting that we, I mean, we, I don't think we've seen a live one, but we've got at least a carcass of one uh, floating around. Um, and talking about Valkyrie, Valkyrie isn't a 
uh, group of warriors. Valkyrie is a single person in the comics. Um, Brunhilde uh, was Valkyrie, um, which I believe that we actually saw Brunhilde, which is kind of disappointing um, in the vision from Loki when he sees what's happening. Um, Brunhilde is the tall blonde. Um, that's how she's depicted in the comics. And if that's the case, then she's the one that jumped in front of the, um, MCU Valkyrie, um, giving up her life. Um, so she would technically be dead at this point. Um, and it, it's interesting that Valkyrie is known as Scrapper 142 because, uh, Hulk issue 142 is her first intro. Um, Hulk's look um, if anybody has watched the animated Hulk versus Wolverine, um, that's a his with the beads and everything is a is a direct call out from that, which is one of my favorite um, shorts. Wolverine being my favorite, um, he ends up ripping Wolverine in half, uh, throwing him into into two different <laughs> two different places, but Wolverine puts himself back together again. Um, I talked about uh, Scourge. Um, the M16s are are <laughs> for anybody that's wondering. That's actual comic book accurate, right there. Um, the contest of champions. Um, it it comes about a little bit different. Uh, Grandmaster isn't isn't involved in this, um, but comic wise, Grandmaster and Death uh, pit heroes and villains against each other. Um, all in a bet to resurrect the collector. Um, which I know you've got a, you've got a little bit on that. Um, so that, that's a pretty interesting one right there. Um, and then the, what I thought was interesting, I don't, I don't want to get too much into spoilers for the next movie, but there's a lot of talk about, you know, Odin and Odin and nine realms. And when Hela comes in, she's, she's like, why did he stop there? Um, you know, there's a whole thing in the comics about, uh, a 10th realm, um, that's heaven, uh, small age that has the angels and, and, uh, you know, there was a secret daughter that was killed and, and Odin seals off the 10th realm entirely. Um, so I love seeing that, that they're mentioning more and more realms. I know we've talked about the, the multiverse and all that, but there's, there's still a lot of places that we haven't even come close to seeing. Um, and the last thing that, that I have on the, the Easter eggs, well, I've, I've got the Revengers. Um, the Revengers name is actually from earth, uh, one zero zero one one, uh, which is the cancer verse. Um, that's the universe that, death was defeated and all of the heroes turned into nightmare undead creatures. Um, it's pretty gruesome. Um, but it's super awesome seeing, seeing them. Um, I don't know if that's something that we'll ever get in the MCU. Uh, maybe in the, in the Marvel, uh, what if series, um, that's supposed to come to Disney plus, but as far as in the movies, I don't know if we'll actually ever get the, the cancer showing up. Um, in any of that, I, I would kind of be surprised, but I would, yeah. my mind would be blown. Um, the tower, um, we've got for sure. If you're looking at the tower, we've got beta Ray bill, which is, which is my boy. Um, you've got by beast, um, which is the two headed face on there. He's a, he's a Hulk villain. Um, you've got Ares, um, which is the God of war. 
Um, I think that one's a, a pretty given. Um, you've got Man Thing is on there. Um, at the very bottom, this is where it gets a, a little little more sketchy. Um, you've got Dark Crawler, who is a minor Hulk villain. And at the very bottom in the center, you've got Fin Fang Foom. I know we talked about this whenever you were here last week, but who's beaten a dragon? That's, I mean, he would have to have been the first champion, I guess, from from how the tower goes, because they're building Hulk's face, and and he's at the top. Um, and I don't, I I think it was Fin Fang Foom, and then Dark Crawler, but there's no way that Dark Crawler would have beat Fin Fang Foom. And then I I want to say it was By Beast, and then it might have been Beta Ray Bill, and then Ares, which. Uh, I think would be a, a, a leap. Um, and then man thing beating both of them and then Hulk coming in and beating man thing. I, I think that was the order. Um, I might be wrong on that, but Fin Fang Foom getting beat by dark crawler. I, I don't believe that in any way. Yeah. I don't either. I can't see that happening at all. Uh, Alex, did you have any, uh, anything that we missed in the Easter eggs? No, y'all, y'all were solid on that. I, did, it sounded like y'all started touching in the translation a little bit. I think we're going to have to combine, start combining these two sections. Right. Yeah, I, I try and stay out of the translation, but but some of it just goes right hand in hand. Um, yeah, I think the only thing we didn't touch on was the, the note that I have that the Grandmaster and the Collector are brothers in the comic books. That's really the only thing we didn't touch on at all. Yeah, I, I tried to stay away from that. Um, oh, and, and you have... Uh, when you had mentioned uh, Hulk loses his eye um, and he gets that vision from Odin, that's another one of the comic book scenes that he gives up his eye for knowledge yeah. um, and, and gets more powerful. And, and it, I mean, if if you knew that you, you see it in there and it's like, wait, why did this happen? It, it makes sense in the movie, but knowing that and it was like, how much knowledge did he, he gain in there? Um, and then you see his power just skyrocket right after that. It's a little different, though. Isn't he doing that to try to prevent Ragnarok in the comics, though? I I want to say that's why he gave up his eye, um, yeah. to to gain the knowledge on how to prevent, but Ragnarok will happen regardless. Oh, yeah. Um, you can't stop it. And, you know, going in the movie, he when he sees that, he's like, okay, Ragnarok has to happen. Um, you know, because as, as long as Hela's on Asgard, then she's just more powerful. Um which I I thought was interesting. What what would have happened if they if Loki hadn't have called the Bifrost and they would have tried to fight her there? Um, you would have had no time to get the other Avengers in. Maybe Doctor Strange would have popped up because um, he kind of knows what's going on. But outside of that, I mean, you could have had Thor and and Loki wiped out right there and and done. So many what ifs. I actually didn't realize this until the other day. The what if thing that they're doing on Disney Plus—that's going to be animated. It's really? going to be animated, and it's yeah. it's going to have the um, like if they have Iron Man in it, it's going to be Robert Downey oh, yeah. Jr. and and all of that. Right. So I, which I love that they're they're going to have the actual um, actor coming in and and voicing them. Gripes and grins. Did you guys have anything to add on this? I really liked that. Um, the only thing I had was a grin. I didn't really have any gripes. The grin I had was, um, I love how they 
they got rid of the Warriors three in a way that really establishes the danger that that Hella is going to be to Asgard and to the Nine Realms as a whole. I think that was a big statement, and I don't have a problem with them sending them off in that manner. I didn't have any really thing else to talk about though. Now, the only grin I, I, I say I'd throw in there is just the amount of one-liners in this movie for comedic relief is just outstanding. I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, I, I can't really think of anything that, that was just, as far as the one-liners, that, that was stressed or forced. Um, everything just blended fantastic i mean you have thor talking about when uh loki turned himself into a snake which is comic accurate there's one time when we were children he he transformed himself into a snake and he knows that i love snakes so i went to pick up the snake to admire it and he transformed back into himself and he was like yeah it's me and he stabbed me we were eight at the time um You've got probably, like I said, one of my favorite lines is the piss off ghost. <laughs> um, but I mean, there's there's just so many good lines in there um, amidst all the action and, and all of the colors. It's it's a bright, um, colorful, beautiful movie um, that has action that that is filled with humor that has very serious moments um, and a great soundtrack, in my opinion. Um, and it, uh, I don't have any gripes about it. Well, I guess that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, anything to finish us off, Alex? Anything we didn't touch on you wanted to hit? No, I think we covered this one really well. I think we did some justice on the review, and hopefully our viewers think the same. Yeah, we've only got a few left in the MCU before we have to start doing some other things. I know we've got a whole list of potential topics nothing really rolling yet so we're gonna start talking about what we're gonna do for sure um i know we've got the hobbit movies on the bankroll and we've got lord of the rings coming up harry potter we'll get there eventually but don't know what order yet we'll definitely let you guys know what's gonna happen next week we've got um black panther avengers infinity war coming up so these are gonna be two huge ones coming up um and i need to mention um our sponsors for this episode uh, we've got monty over at anderson anderson's graphics kingdom on facebook twitter and instagram look those guys up um monty's doing some great work over there he's got uh, commission pieces he's got he's doing the art for all of our episodes up to this point um definitely check those out and then we've got um the next unknown a uh, local band here in northwest arkansas uh is going to be providing the outro music that you heard in the last episode and in uh, this episode and he's going to be working on an intro for us um, pretty soon um and then you can guys can catch us on seven platforms uh the big ones were on uh, anchor breaker google podcast apple podcast finally pocket cast radio public and of course spotify which is probably where you're listening right now um andrew anything to close this out man Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And that's for you, Tom. Uh, That's for everybody at this point. Guys, we appreciate you listening. Have a good one.